You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. My guest today is Kyle Davies, a psychologist by trade who worked with a medical doctor in treating chronic pain. He developed a model of therapy which he has been working on since 2003 in helping people overcome chronic pain. His model has to do with blockages of emotion and removing them to improve healing naturally. Now here's my guest, Kyle. Good morning and welcome to the show today, Kyle. I'm happy to have you on today. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Now, we're going to kind of jump right into this because I want to be able to paint a beautiful picture for people listening to this and really give them a perspective of what you do and basically how you help people. But let's start with your book, The Intelligent Body, which where did that title come from? Uh, That title came from, um, I suppose, the idea that there is an intelligence in our body, really. It's one of the things that I found myself and my colleagues talking to clients about is the idea that there's an intelligence that we have in our head, an intelligence in the body. And a lot of the time, the two of them don't talk to each other. And I think certainly as a Western culture, we tend to get stuck in the intelligence in the head or just the head. And I I always say to, to, to my clients that I'm the advocate for their intelligent body. So even though they may not be able to understand the, the messages that it's trying to bring, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. So that's kind of where it came from. And who would you say this book is is good for? What, what who's your audience? Uh, it, in in a narrow way, I think it's good for people who are suffering from uh, conditions of chronic fatigue, pain, anxiety, depression, a- any uh, medically unexplained, invisible, or functional uh, uh, s- symptoms, uh, and really anyone that's kind of interested in. In, in a more of an alternative perspective or holistic perspective of health and wellness. And tell me a little bit about how you got into this field, because when I know when I was starting school, I didn't necessarily think I want to treat people with chronic pain when I grow up. So what was it, <laughs> no. how did you get into this, this field and, and specifically this little niche? So I'm a psychologist by original trade, and I started my career actually working in management consulting, doing a whole range of things. Uh, decided I wanted to move into therapy, so I did lots of different trainings, moved into therapy. I then met a medical doctor over here in the UK, and he had a particular interest in chronic fatigue syndrome because his girlfriend had it at the time, and he had a deep frustration that as, as, a, as a doctor, there wasn't anything that he could do for her. So he had done some of the same trainings that I had done, um, and he had begin be, begin to kind of play with some of the ideas uh, and and use them on some of his patients, and was noticing a bit of a difference. So I started to work with him because we thought, well, this is this is really quite exciting. Now there's this there seems to be something in in this. So we developed a a a model, a therapy. Um, and that, I guess that's how it started really. Uh, that's going back to 2002, 2003. Uh, and I've been evolving and developing that model ever since. And what does that model consist of? In a very simple way, it's the idea that a body in a perpetual state of stress ultimately breaks down and exhibits some form of, of, of symptom. And when looking at stress, 
It's the idea that the stress response in the body is exactly the same, regardless of whether the the stressor is something um, a something physical, like an injury, uh, some form of of illness, say like like a bad case of flu, or an emotional uh, trauma or blockage of of of, of emotion, um, and. My focus has been on the blockage of emotion because I think that tends to be something which is pretty complicated, difficult to unpick, and uh, is probably what people need most help with. So, for example, you know, I've 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 had I've had lots of clients over the years that have had a physical uh, a physical injury that has they believe has precipitated their their fibromyalgia and they 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 would have said to me well like you know i i had a car accident and that's when my my fibro started and because i'm looking at it you know the the simple way i i i look at it is is like having a stress bucket and that all of these um the, these triggers if you will of of the stress response go into our stress bucket meaning that there is probably multiple primary causes of any chronic health problem and i would then view the uh, car accident as really the, the the final straw so the metaphor is that when your your stress bucket starts to overflow the body begins to send send symptoms and it's essentially the idea that really looking at when the when the, the stress response remains stuck on and it's entirely possible for that to happen without us being aware of it because our, our body can be in a state of stress and again going back to what i'm saying at the start the idea of an intelligence in an intelligence in the body and one in the head the head can be oblivious to the fact that the body is not happy uh so it's entirely possible for the stress response to 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 be stuck on the person not be aware of that and if that you know when that continues over time essentially uh, you know my perspective is that there's a chain reaction which is the stress response is stuck on causes a rewiring of neural pathways within the brain particularly the the uh, midbrain and the hpa axis which then leads to irregularities within the systems of the body which would be the autonomic nervous system the endocrine system and the immune system and then that leads to the experience of, of symptoms and my sense of it is that a lot of of healthcare options certainly conventional health despite all its fantastic things tends to focus on the treatment of symptoms and my belief is well what we need to do is come back and look at in a simple way well let's we need to have a look at what's in that stress bucket because until we look what's in that stress bucket the stress response is going to re- is going to to remain on and that chain reaction is going to stay in place and one of the things that kind of, of sort of convinces me i suppose of uh, the ver- veracity of that that uh, perspective is that what I've noticed over the years is that um, if symptoms are treated and the cause is not addressed, the body responds by just sending a different type of symptom. Um, and in 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 the book, I talk about something which is I, I call the hallway of health, which essentially means that the body will send more intense symptoms over the t- over time if we just seek to treat those the, those symptoms. So what I mean by that is that 
everybody that I've worked with that has been a sufferer of chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, they don't wake up just with that. It definitely is something that is, there are symptoms that get worse over time. So it normally happens when a person is much younger and they'll start with some form of symptoms, say a headache, a stomachache, anxiety, depression, a skin problem, um, bad, 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 bad stomach, um, a sleep, a sleep uh, uh, issue. And usually what happens is that the person will try to do something to alleviate those uh, symptoms. And symptoms tend to come and go in, in, in cycles anyway. But they, they, they treat those uh, symptoms, the symptoms recede. And then at some point later, because the cause hasn't been addressed, they get worse and then they begin to cluster. And they, they continue to do that until a person experiences, you know, either CFS or fibro or uh, some form of, of health challenge like that. So that's the that's the the kind of the main thrust or main main theory behind the work. Let's say the the first thought through their mind, or I'm sure a question that you get is, you're telling me this pain is all in my mind. How do that? How do you react to that? Well, it's what what's really interesting, Michael, about that is that people used to say that to me all of the time and people don't anymore. And I think this is the whole thing of mind body connection. And I think, you know, just just that what I was saying about about stress is that that's where we understand that mind and body are one. The very fact that I could have a car accident or lose a job. And the stress response in the body is exactly the same. So what we know is our emotion is a complex physiological process that affects most of the body, most of the organs and most of the brain. So we know that intelligence is takes place throughout body and brain. You know, we have neurons and receptors for, for neurons in our gut and in our heart. Uh, and there's a, that flow of, of, of information that say takes place throughout the whole system. So I'm finding, I'm not sure if, if you are as well in, in your work, but I'm finding that people are much more open to this idea that, well, my emotion is not just some mental construct, some mental concept. So I, I luckily now I'm experiencing far less of that. But certainly, as I say, when I started 15 or so years ago, using the word emotion and putting it alongside a physical health challenge resulted in some abuse that, that came my way. But I think that people are now beginning to understand, um, you know, that the mind and body are one. And I do think actually that one of the things that's precipitated this shift is the interest in uh, adverse childhood experiences and the research that originally took place in the US and has taken place certainly here in Britain and I'm not sure about about uh, other countries which essentially links childhood trauma to pretty much every chronic health challenge a person experiences within uh, uh, later life so uh, again we know that from the perspective of mainstream medicine, that was developed by looking at illness and injury and the idea of trying to be very linear and finding a single cause for a single disease and a single treatment for that. And I think, again, people are opening up now because of this mind-body um, perspective that people are embracing. I think the idea of um, a number of primary causes to health challenges is a much more acceptable perspective. And this is why people are looking at their emotion, their stress, their diet, their exercise, 
um, their, their posture, their sleep, their genes. And I think people are beginning to see that, well, actually, there's there's a number of things that are involved in this, this kind of issue of chronic health. And me just going to my doctor and having him treat symptoms is, is not really working. Most of my clients get the memo that stress is not good, right? I've, I don't think I've met anyone who said, yeah, you know, I've, I've got the perfect amount of stress in my life. So that brings me to the, the next question. Do you have clients who don't have stress in their life? Well, here's the thing, and I suppose, and this is where I suppose, I think my work is nuanced is that my perspective is is an empowerment approach so I, I'm suggesting that the creation of our experience emerges uh, within us and through us so I'm not looking at the I'm not looking at life from the perspective of life directly causes how I feel I think that's a paradigm that we are we often get caught in and then we get caught in trying to fix outside life uh, so that's the first bit part of my teaching is that a person's experience emerges within them and through them so my emotion arises within me and it's not that there's meaning inherent in life now that doesn't mean that life doesn't have an impact but it's not that my experience internally is is directly 100% caused by life out there so that's the first i think very important uh, piece i think the other important piece is that um going back to what i'm saying in terms of this idea of it's entirely possible for a person's body to be in a state of stress without them being aware of it I think we get too caught up in this in this idea that stress is a is a particular feeling now and you know people think that stress is a nervous agitated feeling well for me that's an emotional feeling that's not a stress response so your body can be stressed and it doesn't have to be a classic stressor it doesn't mean you've got to have overload at work or your your your, your kids are a nightmare or your relationship is breaking down you know it may well be that your body is in the stress response as a result of those it may not be it may be entirely possible that you have emotions about those that you're feeling but it's much more more like you know it's the invisible stress that in my view that causes the problem because it's it's the stress and the emotion associated associated with that that we don't feel so one of the important things about our emotion is that emotion this is current theory emotion and feeling are slightly different things and the brain structures involved are very slightly different so emotion is a non-conscious process that then ideally triggers feelings so we feel our feelings hopefully what we what we also know that it's entirely possible for us to block our emotional feelings so if we block but 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 if we block the feelings it doesn't mean we block the emotion so this is kind of where my work comes in so what i believe is that people do that they unconsciously and sort of unwittingly block their feelings and this usually starts in childhood but the the body is continuing to process emotion because emotion is a feedback me uh, mechanism in much the same way as hunger or thirst or pain or whatever. So it's just a feedback. 
Now, because the body continues to produce non-conscious emotion, and if we're not feeling it, that's when this rewiring of neural pathways takes place. And that's why emotion, when it gets blocked, can ultimately result in in, a, in the stress response being stuck on because the body kind of thinks or the, the body and brain think there must be something wrong because this emotion is not being felt and, and processed. So that's the... I hope that kind of makes sense. Yeah, so let's try to simplify it. I've got fibromyalgia. Are you saying that I created the fibromyalgia? Uh, I'm not saying you created the fibromyalgia, no. But what I'm suggesting is that the the symptom of fibromyalgia is a feedback mechanism. And I'm I'm suggesting that let's use an, an analogy. If 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 at, at noon on a, on Monday you experience a mild rumbling in your stomach, um, you if you if you allow yourself to feel that, then you'll be aware that your body your body is hungry and it's inviting you to eat. Uh, if, however, you are not feeling that you're not in touch with that and then you don't eat and maybe you don't eat for five days or 10 days you don't you're unlikely to experience a mild rumbling anymore you're you're much likely to experience something more severe and the reason for that is your body will continue to try to get your attention uh, and this, as I said earlier, the symptom, the symptoms in inverted commas will come and go in cycles, but the body will increase the intensity of the messenger that it sends you. So it starts off with with with, with a rumbling, and probably after five days, you might feel nauseous, faint, and all all the rest of it. But the argument, my argument, would be well, the the message behind the symptoms that it sends you is still exactly the same. That you need to go and eat something. So uh, my perspective on all symptoms that are medically unexplained, like fibromyalgia, like like like, like chronic fatigue, like like uh, um, adrenal fatigue, even anxiety and depression, is that they are the body's way of trying to communicate something to us. And what the body has done is, and it's predominantly about our our emotion. But to say, there's other things in that stress bucket as well. But it's 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 predominantly about the fact that emotion has unwittingly and unknowingly become blocked. And what the body is then doing is it's it's kind of cranking up the volume. So it's almost as if it talks to us to begin with. But if it feels that we're not getting that we're not picking up on the message that it's trying to send us, it just cranks up that that volume. And that's the idea of an intelligent body, because it's the you know it's the argument that the body is is looking after us. You know, if I was walking da- uh, down the street and a stone popped in my shoe, I'd, I'd feel a pain in my foot. And of course, I have to feel that pain because if I don't, then the stone embeds itself in my foot. I become it becomes infected. You know, I could get gangrene. Uh, so it's it's a danger. So and, and this this is why I, I feel that any symptom is feedback. And I, I actually think that intuitively people know this. I think what's happened is that we've become medicalized where we kind of externalize and pathologize our symptoms. And essentially what I mean by that is that we we we're I think we're indoctrinated into this idea that a symptom is something that is happening to me. So, you know, a thrust of my work is simply that educational idea that uh, our symptoms are purposeful because our symptoms are simply a messenger. And that, you know, it's our intelligent body giving us a tap on the on, on the shoulder to say, hey, there's something you have to pay, pay attention to here. There's something that's out of balance. 
Uh, and if and, and really, it's the idea then that, well, the, it, it, we take the power back because, as you well know, uh, you know, we are self-healing, self-correcting beings. And, it, you know, the, our ability to self-heal is, is, is huge. And that's the way the body works. The the blueprint is to is to you know is is to kind of come back to that space of health and 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 wellness. But I think a lot of the time, I say because we we're, we're medicalizing symptoms, we're looking at our body as just a machine. And oh, if I've got a symptom, I need to get rid of that as quickly as possible. And we, we're taking pills and doing whatever we're doing to to try to get rid of symptoms. We we're not really looking at why that symptom is there. So that's my. I know that's a long winded answer to your to your question of is uh, am i creating my my fibro it's like no it's it's say i feel all the symptoms are it's your body's trying to get your attention to tell you something and rather than viewing it as some scary evil thing that's happening to you if we can begin to say well it could be that there's a whole bunch of stuff in my stress bucket and there's every chance that for a period of time i've been blocking my emotion and i'm not aware that that's what i'm doing and that's why that's my focus because i think things like uh, our diet that's a reasonably easy fix if you're ex- not exercising that's an easy that's an easy fix if you're getting poor sleep well you can do, do something about that but when it comes to the patterns surrounding which people block emotion a lot of the time it's it, that's not easy to do by yourself and that's where I, I coach people through through a process of beginning to unpack how they're blocking their their, their emotion and, and what to do and it's not a it's not a, a conventional therapy method where you kind of go back and look in the past as i say because emotion is it's 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 a practical feedback kind of tool that our body will use so it, the the body is using emotion in as i say much the same way as it uses the feelings for hunger and tiredness and thirst so it's, it's giving us emotional feedback every day about things that we're doing but if we are accustomed to blocking the feelings in certain contexts then we'll continue to 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 do that and i help people understand where those emotions are being blocked and what their body is trying to give them a nudge to do rather than what it is they are doing. And when they begin to do that and when they begin to therefore act on the message uh, that the, their symptoms is, uh, you know, are trying to bring, it's as if, well, the body doesn't have to bring those those symptoms anymore. In much the same way, when I take that stone out of my shoe, the pain goes. You know, maybe a bit sore for a while, but the pain goes. Exactly the same with hunger, isn't it? You eat something and your stomach doesn't, doesn't, doesn't uh, r- r- rumble anymore because it, it just doesn't need to. So with these symptoms of pain or fatigue or headaches or inflammation, can these conditions that cause it be cured? I think cure is an interesting word because for me, cure again is something of a medical word that I associate with uh, a pathology. And I think that um, when we're looking at these medically unexplained type symptoms, the same with anxiety and depression, I believe them to be kind of processes and experiences. So I think it's a, a body feedback process. So, I'm not trying to evade your question here, but um, it it is that if I have a case of flu, there's an invading pathogen in my system and I can be cured of that. Obviously, my body does that by killing that virus. But I think that if my body is, you, you know, if my body is using a symptom as a feedback mechanism, 
the word cure is not relevant. I think it's entirely possible for, and, well, and I've seen it because I've helped people towards this space. I think it's in, in, entirely possible for a person to get to, to a place where their symptoms are completely reversed. So they, they don't experience those, those, those uh, symptoms anymore. However, as I say to all my clients, you must remember that your body is using these symptoms to get your, your attention if you've lost touch with your emotion and if you lost touch with what's in your stress bucket. So if, if your stress bucket begins to overflow again, the, your body will use these symptoms again. So it's a kind of entirely different way of, of looking at it. But yeah, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people that have experienced a complete reversal of symptoms. Yeah, and I agree, actually. That's why I named the podcast Heal Better Fast, is I believe there's a difference between cured and healed. One cure doesn't give you credit for what you've kind of gone through. You're not stronger because of it. Where if, if you have a bone, a broken bone that heals, you'll definitely have a scar where it was healed, and it's different. But it's sometimes better, sometimes stronger, right? And that's where I believe the the healed comes in, is I believe being healed is is so much more powerful and so I try and make that mind shift to the word heal, which is really what they do, their bodies do when given the absolutely, right Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I, I, I think, you know, that, that's the essence of my work. I, I, I say to people, I'm guiding you through a process um, because your body is designed to heal. And the thing that's preventing it from healing is that it's stuck in the stress response. So when we can uh, look at why the stress response is stuck on and then we do something about that effectively to switch it off, which is emptying that stress bucket. Again, you're, you're healing yourself and it, and you're healing yourself because you're simply almost like getting out of the way to allow the body to heal itself. Cause that's what it will do. So people find me uh, online. My website is energyflowcoaching.com and uh, people present with, a number of things, really. Um, I so predominantly when it comes to health challenges, it's anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, fibromyalgia, uh, irritable bowel syndrome to a certain extent. Although most people will go for something that is dietary focused before they'll come and see me with that. Although in saying that, the majority of clients I have with uh, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, and fibromyalgia will also have stomach and bowel complaints as well. Um, I also deal with people in a life coaching and executive coaching setting as well, because the underlying essence and the underlying framework of, of what I do is, is kind of largely the same because it's an empowerment process. What I'm trying to do, uh, and, you know, what my work is all about is putting people back in, in alignment with kind of the, the true essence of who they are. So I'm putting people back in touch with themselves. It's, it's, it's reconnecting that head and body, the intelligence is within us, if that makes sense. Um, because it's the idea that, you know, when people are aligned, they, they flow and their performance, you know, their health is better, their performance is better, they're more, they're more creative, their, their minds are clearer. Uh, so, yeah, that I, I, it's, it's quite a range of people that I work with. It, for probably 10 years, I worked exclusively with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. Uh, and what I was beginning to find was that people would get better and they'd come to see me six nine months later and say well i don't have symptoms now but i just think i need some coaching just to help me you know get myself sorted because i was ill for so long and i need to kind of sort my life out uh, and because i come from you know background of 
uh, having done executive coaching uh, I'd had some, you know, I'd had experience of that, but I just found that the, the framework of energy flow coaching was applicable to, to those to those sorts of environments as well. What I'm trying to do is is get people out of their head and into their body, get them feeling and get them really just accepting that symptoms of feedback. I, I work with people from age probably 11 through to 70s. What I find is that it's very, very difficult at the outset to tell somebody how long it would take. Um, but it's often the case that younger people get better quicker because they are they are more well they 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 can read more readily assimilate the ideas so it's easier for them to get back into their body and feel the people that take the longest actually tend to be the smarter people so those people with very very high iqs that tend to overanalyze everything and have to think about everything rather than just doing what i invite them to do they're the people that take the longest but it is a process that takes several months because it's usually um, the majority of people with a chronic fatigue or pain condition will have most people will have had their lives disrupted considerably um, again this there's there's a change here because when I started doing this work pretty much everybody that I worked with had been ill for you know 10 20 30 years and hadn't worked for you know, many, many years. Whereas what I'm finding now is that it's probably because there's more acceptance within medicine of these, these, these health, health issues. And so they diagnose them a bit, a bit quicker. So what I'm now finding is that, that, that I'm getting people come to me after they've been diagnosed for, you know, sort of six weeks and they're still at work. Um, so the timescales are, are probably getting shorter now because so, it probably is, it is harder if you've been ill for 20 years and your life revolves around, uh, around, uh, being ill. Um, it is difficult, you know, it's that, that's harder. But if you've, if you've had your, 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 uh, fibro for kind of three months and you're still working full time and life is difficult, but you can manage, then I would say, yeah, probably six weeks to two, to two months, you could be fine. Well, yeah, this is a big subject and obviously takes a tremendous amount of study and experience. And I appreciate you taking the time to share with us just a little glimpse of what you do and how you're helping people. Again, your book, The Intelligent Body, Reversing Chronic Fatigue and Pain from the Inside Out is available on Amazon. And if again, if people want to connect with you, where's the best place to find you? Uh, I'm my website is energyflowcoaching.com. I do train energy flow coaches as well, if anyone is interested in, in this work. And um, I'm, a, I'm on social media as, as either Energy Flow Coaching or Kyle Davis. Perfect. Davies, well, thanks. as you say. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for taking the time to be on the show with us today. And again, thanks, appreciate, I wish you all the best. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com. Oh,